Welcome to the AWS Tech Chat Podcast. We are solution architects and we help customers adopt the AWS Cloud Platform. In each episode, we dive deep, demystify technology and talk about the latest and most interesting technical developments in the world of AWS Cloud. We bring you the AWS Roundup and Deep Tech Dives in topics of interest. Hello, my name is Shane Baldacino, and this is episode 80 of the AWS Tech Chat podcast. And for today's show, I'm once again joined by Shai Perednik. Now, this is our third installment of our reInvent update. I hope you've had a bit of a break. Personally, I'm transitioning out of holiday mode. Now, Shai, I almost sent you a picture the other day. I had my nieces over. We're at our local beach, along with what seemed most of Melbourne. One of those awesome beach nights, you know, stinking hot day, but just a nice night. Now, on the technical front, I've made the jump in my house to MQTT. And I see today we are going to be talking quite a bit around different IoT announcements that occurred at reInvent. So I'm moving, give or take, 100 bits of IO and putting an MQTT shim on them. And I had that click moment of late where I now get MQTT. I guess, you know, the value proposition. And I think it's probably the closest thing we have to a standard across the industry. So hello, AWS IoT. I'll be playing a lot more with you in the future. So yes, flicked back in the work mode. How are you going, Shai? Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a fun, fun long week. So I, I myself, I think getting back into that work mode as well. Um, certainly been uh, an exciting year so far. Uh, <clears throat> so we're, uh, we're actually a few weeks late here, um, but you know these aren't normal times. And so we really thank our listeners for sticking by us uh, and coming back for more. Uh, we're grateful to our listeners. So let's get some let's get some of those auxiliary items. Uh, we're going to save some of the AI and ML updates for another day. Great. So today's show, does it have a theme or a pattern? You know, it's not AI and ML, as you just mentioned. It's probably what I would call a bit of a mixed bag here. So we're going to start with some Amazon Connect updates. For customers who are new to Amazon Connect, it's a full-featured contact solution. In just a few clicks, you know, you can set up your own call center. Really, really simple. Great integration with Lambda, the AWS ecosystem. And it's really causing disruption in the market. You know, funny story here, Shai. I finally met my neighbor who moved in you know, probably about, you know, eight, nine months ago. Having a good chat with him a few months ago. And he works for a major retailer managing IVR solutions. So he was well aware of Amazon Connect and the disruption it is making in the market. All right, so over to you. Yeah, so for uh, any of the customers that are not familiar with uh, Contact Lens, uh, we actually launched it back in uh, reInvent 2019. Uh, it provides a set of ML capabilities to connect. Uh, so you can analyze your recordings, you can get customer sentiment, uh, trends, and uh, compliance of conversions. Connect Lens, you know, born from customers asking for more. You know, it would be quite often as a field essay at that time, I would go in and talk about Connect and work with customers on Connect and say, well, you know, I'd like to understand, you know, sentiment analysis or this and that. And, you know, that's where Connect Lens was born from, a really great product. Yeah, and no, I, was, I was really excited when it came on. And, and so I think we'll be really excited for this one too. So Connect Lens, uh, sorry, Contact Lens actually uh, now supports uh, real-time call analytics, call analytics capabilities. Uh, so we can do some really awesome things. Um, I was thinking about, you know, what could be some examples and thinking of my customers. Um, and um, the fact that we can detect in real time uh, and detect sentiment in real time is really cool. Um, so imagine a customer saying something like, I'm not happy. Maybe they, uh, they're they angry and they yell, cancel my subscription. And they're, they're really frustrated. Um, and in real time, right, as the, that customer's angry, 
there's an alert that pops up to the supervisor, uh, maybe to like a customer service uh, retention specialist or something. Um, and then they can jump in and listen on the other end. Um, maybe they chime in with, you know, a special offer or something. Um, so it's really exciting. Um, and for uh, any customers using automated contact uh, categorization, uh, we've also launched semantic matching and pattern matching capabilities. Uh, the, semantic, uh, the semantic matching, um, with semantic matching, supervisors can use contact lens to categorize or tag those calls um, that contain certain words and phrases uh, with similar meaning. Um, even if they're not mentioned explicitly during the definition of a particular uh, contact category, uh, you could still tag that. So like that example I gave before, uh, you can tag that as a, maybe an angry customer. Um, this is achieved uh, by using uh, what's called an ML-based uh, intent matching model. Um, it's trained to understand context and meaning of the keywords uh, specified in the category definition. Uh, with pattern matching, uh, contact lens can categorize the and tag calls based on supervisor-defined patterns uh, related to the phrases spoken by the customer or the agent. Um, so now we have real-time analytics, uh, real-time analysis, uh, but we want to continue improving the customer experience on behalf of customers. Okay, so still with Connect, one of the challenges in a call center is ensuring agents have as much information at their fingertips as possible. But at the same time, you don't want to overwhelm them. So I regularly have this discussion with customers about just how much do you show? And one thing we hear frequently is that it's not about showing all the info, but you know the right info at the right time, the relevant info. So for customers using contact lens for Connect, if you leverage a new Connect wisdom, you can automatically detect customer issues during a call and then recommend information in real time to help resolve the issue. What sort of issues, you may ask? Because I know when I heard about this, that's what I was thinking. Shai, can you walk our listeners through an example and, you know, I guess really explain the value proposition here. Yeah, sure. Let me let me try to take a stab at this. I was thinking about, you know, when these announcements come up, I, I, I really love these announcements because when you dig into them, you really see how enabling and powerful they are. Um, so let's take an example with this one. Uh, one thing is I can see my customer using it for is, for example, pull time, uh, pulling real-time uh, hardware info while their customer's on the phone. Um, so, for example... You know, they, they might have a customer regularly calling in and they say something along the lines of, you know, hey, I'm having a problem with my uh, ABC type flooring of XYZ model. Um, now the Connect Wisdom will pick up on those references to the flooring type and the model number and then will present the agent with maybe either a wiki, maybe there's an FAQ, uh, or maybe it's the install or troubleshooting document for that specific flooring. So look, the less time we spend on hold, the better for everyone. Now, the amount of time one spends reiterating the same thing over and over on calls can kind of drive me nuts, right? So if this can cut things down, which will not only increase the customer experience, but also on the agent side, it's going to increase their productivity. Connect Wisdom is now available in preview. Now, we talk about speed to market in business. Another challenge in the call center is customer identification. The sooner you can do that, the quicker you're able to get to the crux of their problem and help them resolve their challenge or questions. Connect now has voice ID in preview to provide real-time caller auth. It doesn't rely on that typical multiple answer question scenario, and you can enroll customers without having to change the natural flow of the conversation. If a customer opts in to streamline their identity verification, a voice ID uses ML to analyze the caller's voice characteristics like their speech rhythm, pitch, loudness, and creates a unique digital voice print. When this customer calls back, voice ID compares the call voice print with the enrollment voice print and then provides a real-time result of either authenticated or not authenticated based on the confidence score threshold to which you define. 
If they fail the voice ID authentication, you can send the customer to the traditional question and answer workflow to which you may ask you know, a secret that only they know. Voice ID is in preview, so check the product page for region availability and service info. Yeah, exciting stuff. So let's let's take that voice ID, um, Shane, and let's build on top of it for a little bit and talk about one of the other challenges I've seen in the call center. Um, you know, there's a there's like a you know who the caller is, but you might not have all their information, right? And it's, it's usually uh, disparate systems. Uh, maybe some of that data is in a CRM, another one's in the help desk ticketing, uh, ticketing tool. Uh, maybe another is in the financial record system. Um, you really want to pull all this data in and present it all with uh, a unified view to the agent. Uh, you can do this today with some of the third-party tools. You can do it with custom development, uh, but now it's de- it's available within Connect uh, as Connect customer profiles. Uh, there's built-in connectors for third-party applications like Salesforce, ServiceNow, Zendesk, and Marketo. Um, Amazon Connect uh, customer profiles automatically scans and matches uh, customer records based on those unique identifiers uh, to surface a unified customer profile. You know, when I was reading this, it almost sounds like it's a vent bridge for Amazon Connect here. Really interesting product announcement here. Still with Connect, and maybe we do have a theme for this show. It's Connect. Well, look, Connect Tasks, another feature which allows contact center managers to prioritize, assign, and track customer service tasks across the disparate applications used by the agent. So an example here may be following up on a case in a CRM or processing a claim in a business-specific application. You can also automate repetitive work by creating contact flows within Amazon Connect to automate action items that don't require agent interaction. So example, notifying a customer of an update on their case once an agent has completed a specific task like booking a service appointment. You can also dynamically prioritize and assign tasks based on agent skill set, availability, and information about the task. Agents can also create their own tasks to ensure they follow up on customer issues when promised, such as calling a customer back, everyone promises that, to provide a status update on their claim. With real-time metrics and connect, contact center managers can track tasks to completion with detailed information like arrival time, average handle time, and adherence to service levels. Exciting stuff for your call center managers out there. Yeah, it's a lot of st- a lot of new stuff for uh, Connect. Uh, Connect just keeps getting better every day. Uh, but let's drop some prices. Uh, so listen up if you're in uh, Latin America, as these next ones are for you. Connect has ten telephony rate reductions for customers in Argentina, Chile, Mexico, and Peru, uh, from the U.S. Uh, East and U.S. U.S. West regions. Uh, I'm going to round these up here um, as these prices prices get down to the fractions of a penny in some cases. Um, so outbound dialing rates uh, are reduced in Argentina by 19% from 23 to 18 cents per minute. Uh, Chile by 64% from 19 to 7 cents. Uh, Mexico from by 26% from 4 to 3%. Uh, Peru from 80 Peru by 80% from 20 to 4 cents per minute. Um, and toll-free inbound minute rates in Mexico are reduced by 50% uh, from 11 to 5 cents per minute. Um, Amazon Connect. Uh, now also supports claiming local toll-free numbers and direct inward dial phone numbers in um, the four Latin American countries I mentioned before. Uh, these, new loca- these new local telephony services uh, support customers in Argentina, Chile, Mexico, and Peru. Uh, see the uh, service page for specifics here. So let's pivot and talk about gaming, something we really don't talk about too much here on Tech Chat. So for starters, what games are you currently playing at home? Uh, 2020 changed a lot of things for us at home. For me, I, I never really gamed much in general besides really some drone maybe fpb simulators uh solitaire minesweeper uh you know those kind of casual games uh but lately i've actually been playing some awesome uh it's a, it's a world war ii sniper game 
uh, really has me on the edge of my seat because there's all these noises going around and uh, you just feel fully immersed in that environment. Uh, it's really a blast. How about you, Shane? Wait, you just mentioned Solitaire and Minesweeper. <laughs> really? Like you using Windows 3.1 here? Yeah, I have, a, I have a, a Windows 95 machine also in the back too. <laughs> awesome. Okay, look, games, dare I say, I have envy. I watch my son and I live through him these days. Uh, I see him playing a bit of Warcraft 3 Reforged. Every now and then, I might play a little bit of retro gaming on a retro pie with my daughters who are at a different stage of gaming in their life. But yeah, really, I don't have that much time for there you go. So, gaming. So get them on a Minesweeper on the retro pie there. That I'm sure we probably could, yeah. <laughs> okay, so look, gaming. When playing multiplayer games, players expect to enter sessions quickly and exit with a sense of accomplishment. To achieve this thrill for players, a good matchmaker must group together players based on their attributes, including skill level, play style, and latency. You know, we don't want someone who's had 100 wins playing an, a, you know, a newbie here. So Gameless Flex Match launched in 2017 as a gameless feature that uses a powerful matchmaking algorithm and flexible developer-defined rules to create high-quality matches. So with this update announced at reInvent, Game Lift Flex Match is available to developers regardless of where they host their game. So, in summary, this is going to provide the ability to optimize match quality by easily updating your rule sets based on players' feedback. There's, you know, like with other AWS services, no upfront costs, just pay for what you use. And finally, the flexibility to place your game sessions anywhere you want. Flex Match now works independent of any other game with features, which means you can place the four matches onto any game server solution you choose, including on-premise. You know, it purely is just a matchmaking solution. Yeah, there's there's a lot to games there, Sorry. So let's move on to the IoT stuff. I know you were excited in the beginning there, uh, so I might lose you here, just like you lost me to storage stuff. Um, but there, you know, there's a saying. There's a, a saying, Shane. I was thinking about. Um, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. And we we just talked about games. So uh, why am I saying this phrase? I don't know, but like <laughs> that's what I say to my kids all the time. You know, um, I guess maybe you're looking through the lens of OHS or occupational health and safety. Yeah, you, you caught where I was going there. Um, you know, so being in a somewhat rural part of Pennsylvania, uh, I work with a lot of manufacturing and service companies. Um, so the next ones get me really fired up here because I know that these areas uh, really have my customers have been struggling for, for many, many years. Um, so let's jump into it here. Uh, first, we're going to start off with a twofold challenge my customers are facing, um, as I'm sure many others do too. Uh, many factory floors will have sensors, right? Um, some will have more than others and some will have less, um, but maybe they'll have something. Um, but many of those feed data into a sometimes very outdated system because those are old devices. Uh, they speak some outdated language um, and they often struggle with actually how to ship that data uh, into AWS. Uh, so at reInvent last year, uh, uh, I can't believe that's it's actually 2021 already. I'm saying last year. Time does fly. It will be 2022 before we know it. Hey, we're, we're not that quite there yet. So don't, don't get uh, too far ahead here. It's uh, still January. Um, so at reInvent, uh, we actually this year. So at reInvent, uh, sorry, reInvent last year, uh, we had actually announced Amazon Lookout for equipment. Uh, it's a service which provides customers a way to send their sensor data to AWS and build machine learning models for that data and return predictions to detect abnormal equipment behavior. Uh, this enables predictive maintenance that allows you to take uh, action before that machine failure occurs uh, and maybe avoid any unplanned downtime. Uh, this is something my customers have told me that they really struggle with um, and they've struggled implementing predictive maintenance uh, because it depends on 
on you using uh, the data collected from all those machine sensors um, under the, your unique uh, operating conditions and then applying a sophisticated technique uh, to detect abnormal machine conditions that are, again, specific to you. Um, and this is hard. Um, it's hard particularly because both requires both industry depth um, and expertise in machine learning and data science depth. Um, it's just not easy finding uh, talent like that um, in areas uh, like mine here. Uh, so Amazon Lookout for Equipment can analyze uh, up to 300 sensors uh, in one model from a broad range of industrial machinery. Uh, think, of, think, of, think of things like wind turbines, compressors, uh, generators, uh, to provide you with a real-time health assessment of all your equipment. Uh, Lookout for Equipment is available in preview. Uh, check out the product page uh, for region availability and service info. Yeah, and look, whilst this may not tick boxes for you know for your traditional techies here, for business this will be you know a really big thing here. So if we're you know talking factory floor, these PLCs or programmable logic controllers, you know to modernize them, we'll often use an MQTT gateway to get that data into the cloud, you know, into AWS. And like I said before, MQTT is as close, in my opinion, to an industry-based standard. And really, look out for equipment is allowing customers to climb that maturity curve. So if we wheel my virtual whiteboard in here, you're going to have to use your imagination, people. As I mentioned, Shai, you know, in the world of IT, we talk about CICD. You know, it's what techies want to achieve. But if we look at industry, it's all about maintenance maturity because, you know, climbing that curve may save, you know, millions of dollars, you know, tens of millions of dollars. But how do you climb the curve? So if we imagine a graph, you know, on the y-axis, we might have business benefits and on the x-axis, you might have your business maturity. What I'm trying to describe here is a standard maintenance maturity model. At the bottom of the model, you could have something, you know, it could be really reactive or run to fail, you know, pretty self-explanatory. And the funny thing is here, you know, this may be the correct method of maintenance for some assets because the cost of failure could be less than the cost of performing maintenance. Then you may move up to preventative. So if you think of your car, you may service your car every 10,000 miles. You know, still not a great place to be. You could over-service it, which will cost you money. Under-service, you're going to risk a breakdown. Moving up, the, you know, up this maintenance maturity curve, you can have condition-based maintenance. So that's going to represent, I guess, the initial stage of a more proactive maintenance approach. Take into account sensor data, usage, and apply some algorithms. And a nirvana of maintenance maturity is predictive. You know, this is what we're striving for here with Amazon Lookout. So, you know, combination of known rules, ML, creating models, you can identify a performance issue or impending failure, you know, days, weeks or months before it will occur by leveraging, you know, that sensor data. So we're talking here of analyzing 300, up to 300 sensors, creating a model. You might have a fleet of elevators and you understand that, you know, when you start seeing, uh, you know, a certain behavior occurring that a week later, you're going to start having a failure. It's going to help customers climb that maintenance maturity model and move into a more predictive manner. So, you know, how successful this is, time will tell, but it has the ability to save customers, you know, lots and lots of money here. Okay. So we've talked about sensors on the warehouse floor, but I know here in Australia, it's not uncommon to have cameras scattered all over the warehouse to snap images of products, widgets, as they move across the production floor. How do you see that augmenting lookout for equipment, shot? Well, for one thing, defect tracking, right? Um, if you have cameras everywhere, particularly on production lines, why not analyze that image uh, data in real time to detect the fault in a widget or a gadget or who's it's, whatever it might be? 
Yeah, and look, I've had conversations with customers in the past, you know, leveraging services like recognition, book your own logic, um, you know, and compare, create a model here. But that can often be, you know, a little bit too hard for some customers to be able to, I guess, build out. So at reInvent, our teams looked at that request and made this decision even easier. So Lookout for Vision is a new machine learning service that enables you to find visual defects in industrial products. You can automate real-time vision inspection using computer vision for processes like quality control and defect assessment. It's going to use computer vision to identify missing components in products, damage to vehicles or structures, irregularities in production, and even minuscule defects in silicon wafers. That is cool. So that, that's pretty awesome. Like, I, I want to try this out myself with some of the uh, 3D printing and other stuff that I make here. What is it that I need to get started? Okay, so you just need to upload at least 30 images for the process you want to visually inspect, such as machine parts, manufactured parts, you know, your 3D model printer. <laughs> Label those images as normal or anomaly to begin training the model. The service is then going to analyze these images from your cameras that monitor the process line in real time to quickly and accurately identify anomalies like dense crack scratches and so on. Available in preview, check the product page and region availability for more details. So let's continue with the uh, lookout announcements here, uh, but uh, diverge a bit from the industrial uses. This next one can be used uh, both on the factory floor and on backend systems, actually. Um, we talked about lookout for equipment where we detect anomalies in sensor data. We talked about uh, lookout for vision. We detect uh, visual anomalies uh, in widgets. Um, and so let's talk about lookout for metrics for detecting anomalies in unexpected changes in your metrics. Um, so similar to those lines, uh, we talked about before, but in this use case, uh, imagine having uh, a business metric that affects your bottom line. Uh, finding anomalies can be challenging. Uh, traditional rule-based methods look for data that falls outside of an arbitrary range, uh, which results in sometimes false alarms. Uh, maybe if that range is too narrow, uh, maybe you might miss anomalies altogether. If the range is too broad, um, it's just it's difficult to rely on. Um, these ranges are also static, uh, which is the other problem, um, and they don't change based on the time of the day, maybe the time of the week, seasons, you know, other stuff like that that can uh, affect it. Um, so we need to manually update those models as well. So Lookout for Metrics uh, can connect to external um, and native AWS services with, with AppFlow. Um, let's just uh, really quickly recap here uh, what AppFlow is, because we talked about it in uh, episode 79. Uh, we talked about developer-oriented readme announcements there. Uh, AppFlow is a managed service with uh, built-in uh, pre-built pre connectivity into SaaS applications and ABS service. Uh, so Lookout for Metrics will use uh, AppFlow again. Uh, it'll send that uh, alerts through channels like SNS, Datadog, PagerDuty, Webhook, Slack, uh, maybe trigger a custom action on Lambda. Uh, you can then provide feedback on detect anomalies to automatically tune the results and improve uh, accuracy continuously. Uh, Lookout for Vision, uh, sorry, Lookout for Metrics uh, is available in preview. Uh, check the product page uh, for, for details. Uh, all right, Shane, let's get back to the uh, industrial announcements. Excellent. I know you're excited for these, um, and I'm surprised because it's not storage. You know, Shane, my whole life does not revolve around a platter. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. So look, you mentioned that your customers can often struggle to figure out where to start with monitoring their industrial devices. But do you have any customers that have challenges with maybe equipment that doesn't have sensors? Yeah, yes, and, and yes, and yes. I could probably keep going for many times over. Um, so I have a customer as an example um, in the customer furniture industry, um, and they have some legacy, seriously legacy manufacturer coming on site. Um, they can't get rid of these because they're part of a, it's like their secret sauce um, that sets them apart. 
but those machines are aging um, and maintenance is key on those and they have zero zero sensors on them of any kind actually if if come to think about it i don't think a lot of those machines have even any electrical components i think some of them are entirely mechanical traditional manufacturing still lives and look some of the youtube channels i watch on cnc and milling could do with this uh, so for these customers they'll be excited for amazon monotron cool name here it's a complete system that leverages ml to detect abnormal behavior in industrial machinery it includes IoT sensors to capture vibration and temperature data, a gateway to aggregate and transfer data to AWS, and an ML cloud service that can detect abnormal equipment patterns and deliver results in minutes. You know, kind of interesting here, here, you know, it's a little box that sits on your device that performs monitoring. There's obviously a, there's also a companion app to set up devices and allow on-site maintenance and technicians to monitor equipment behavior in real time. Monotron sensors and gateway, along with a starter kit, are available to purchase on Amazon.com or with your Amazon business account. Now, this is something I'd like to personally take a look at here. Given I love IoT, it's kind of like a bridging device to modernize and help customers, you know, climb that curve I spoke about. Yeah, Shane, I, I agree. I mean, that's that's awesome, exciting stuff there. Um, I really can't get the. I really can't wait to get my hands on some of those kits, um, and for my customer to get some of those their hands on some of those kits. I think it's going to open up a lot of possibilities for them uh, to get into IoT and machine learning sensor data that they've just been struggling with for so many years, um, especially for the, those legacy old equipment that they have. Um, let's wrap up this IoT field section with uh, an update on IoT Sitewise, actually. Okay, so SiteWise, if you're not familiar, it's a managed service that makes it easy to collect, store, organize, and monitor data from industrial equipment. You know, typical, akin to like a historian. Uh, so we have IoT SiteWise Monitor announced at reInvent. Uh, this creates a fully managed web application that provides enterprise users visibility into their equipment data uh, stored in IoT SiteWise. Um, what reInvent, uh, we announced uh, support for table charts um, in SiteWise Monitor. So this was a request by we got from many customers, actually. Table charts uh, give us a compact representation of the latest data from our equipment in a simple table, uh, simply by dragging and dropping that data and metrics you're interested in uh, from monitoring into your table. Uh, for example, you can now tabulate and visualize the latest operational metrics like equipment properties, uh, status, uh, maybe you might aggregate functions such as uh, the new production lines, overall equipment ef uh, effectiveness in a single table. Um, to get started, you're just going to log into the management console, navigate to IoT SiteWise console, and check out a demo to see what you can achieve. We have a few updates to share for Marketplace. So let's say you tested out a few security appliances and decide to move forward with implementation in production, but need some help. Well, you can now get that help along with assistance in implementing that product right through the marketplace. So customers can buy services with customized pricing, payment schedules, and contract terms to fit their business needs with all software and services charges consolidated onto their AWS bill. So the marketplace catalog listing can be refined to show professional services using professional services delivery methods filter. So if you're an ISV, MSP, or consulting partner, you can use the marketplace management portal to create new professional services listings in Marketplace using a self-service product creation tool in the Products tab. You receive an email notification when buyers who discover your listings in AWS Marketplace request a service, and sellers can use their self-service offer creation tool in the Offers tab to easily extend private offers. And what I like about this update is it's gonna reduce the friction in implementation. 
More option is an added plus, but it also means one bill for customers, which can often add friction you know, in implementing third-party solutions because customers will need to onboard you know, a new vendor. With this, it is one bill. The bill will come from AWS. Yeah, so uh, a while back, actually, we announced uh, the private marketplace, which allowed administrators to curate a catalog of approved third-party software available in the AWS marketplace. Uh, this update brings programmatic access to that private marketplace, uh, so you can access it through a set of publicly available APIs. Um, if you're a consulting partner, you'll use this to modify the list of approved products in uh, your private marketplace. Um, uh, sorry, in... in, in if you're a consulting partner, you'll use this to modify the list of approved products in a private marketplace on behalf of your customer. Um, and having these APIs will allow organizations to easily make bulk modifications uh, of their private marketplace and utilize additional workflows on top of the uh, on top of private marketplace. Um, as an example, as an example, administrators uh, can use the APIs to integrate with their existing ticketing and approval tools. Uh, administrators can also call the APIs to create a new private marketplace for their organization. Uh, they can view approved third-party software products. Uh, they can also add and remove the approved products um, and modify the branding for their private marketplace. Um, again, check the uh, private marketplace page for more info. Networking shy. Transit Gateway, one of my favorite networking Swiss Army knives, has now added another blade, or should I say feature? So it now supports IGMP, or the Internet Group Management Protocol, for deployment and management of multicast applications. IP multicast on Transit Gateway delivers a single stream of data to many users simultaneously, hence IGMP. If you're not familiar, IGMP is an open standard that enables dynamic establishment of multicast group memberships, allowing large groups of end users to access multicast data on demand. Multicast just hasn't been a thing on AWS in the past without using overlays, which can be complex to manage and introduce failure points into your design. Multicast, you know, whilst it may not be that popular these days with many architectures using unicast, but the short is, you know, Transit Gateway now supports multicast. It's adding another tool to your toolbox. And I can absolutely say in the past, many a conversation with customers, let's say using legacy applications, rely on multicast um, from computer games through to, you know, licensing service, you know, may use multicast out there. Now, with native IGMP support on Transit Gateway, these workloads can now run on AWS without requiring changes to applications and network configurations. In addition, this feature also provides real-time visibility into the multicast network and enables customers to keep track of group membership changes over time. So you need to enable this on Transit Gateway, and you can enable IGMP on Transit Gateway using the CLI, console, or SDK. No additional charges for IGMP and available today in US East, North Virginia, US West, Oregon, US West, North California, and EU Island with support for additional regions coming soon. All right, thanks for diving in there, Shane. I know networking is your baby, but let's uh, let's jump to audits because right, really, who doesn't love a good audit? Did you say love a good audit? Did I hear that right? What do you, I don't know what you're talking about there, so I don't know how you heard that. Um, uh, no. Uh, you can't use those three words in a sentence, right? That's like saying uh, Sandman three times in the mirror. Um, but there's a new service actually to help you with those audits. Um, audits can be very painful. Um, and one of the most difficult parts is actually collecting the evidence um, and then mapping that to the controls of a particular industry standard or regulation. Um, so we're trying to we're going to try to make that easier. 
uh, with a new service called Audit Manager. Uh, it's a new service that's going to help you continuously audit your uh, AWS usage. Um, and when it's time for that audit, uh, Audit Manager helps you manage stakeholder reviews uh, of your controls and enables you to build audit-ready reports. Uh, you'll go into the console and use the pre-built frameworks to help map your AWS resources uh, to the requirements in industry standards or regulations. Uh, you can also fully customize a framework um, and its controls to help meet your uh, unique business requirements based on the framework that you select. Audit Manager then launches an assessment uh, that continuously collects and organizes relevant evidence uh, from your accounts and resources. Uh, so as I said before, to get started, uh, head over to the console, search for the Audit Manager in the search bar, uh, then select a pre-built framework uh, to launch that assessment and begin automatically collecting and organizing evidence. Excellent. And I think, you know, tools like this, whilst being, not being the most uh, sexy, fun tools out there, are really beneficial. No one likes an audit, but it is great to have tools like this, you know, to take some of the burden of, you know, collating, collecting resources to support your audit activities. Okay, so let's jump into Glue for a bit here. Now, if you haven't used Glue, it's a service for, I guess, literally gluing things together from dis disparate data sources, you know, also referred to as ETL. So Glue Elastic Views is a new capability in Glue that makes it easier to build materialized views that combine and replicate data across multiple data sources. You can use SQL to quickly create a virtual table also known as a materialized view from multiple different data sources. So what's happening behind the scenes here is the service copies data from each source data store and creates a replica in the target data store. Glue Elastic Views and continuously monitors for changes to the data in your source data stores and provides updates to, to the materialized view in your target data store automatically. This way, data accessed through the materialized view is always up to date. Another update here if you're using Amazon Elasticsearch with Glue. Okay, so we now provide support for AWS Glue Elastic Views. This lets you create views of data in DynamoDB and materialize these views in an Elasticsearch service. You know, kind of handy here. This enables you to use DynamoDB as a key value and document database with single digit millisecond performance and then seamlessly integrate with Elasticsearch to provide fast and relevant search experiences for your customers. Kind of like an overlay on top. Yes, I think that's actually a good break to jump to another one of my favorite topics here, license management. I mean, come on, who doesn't love to sit down uh, with a nice drink and a Yule on a Saturday night. Yeah, no one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, that was a stretch there, right? So license management really isn't any fun. Um, but, you know, what's more difficult is actually tracking the usage of those licenses uh, in your environment. And um, uh, But a new update to license manager will aim to make that easier. Uh, so for customers who uh, that haven't used License Manager, it makes it easier to bring your, your existing software licenses from vendors uh, to AWS um, and centrally manage these licenses across AWS and on-prem environments. Um, automated discovery capability will help you detect software installs and then uninstalls. Uh, it'll alert your for it, it will alert you for licensing violations and then update the build-in dashboard. Um, License Manager's automatic discovery uh, will also support uh, tag-based search uh, so if you're an administrator, you can now use custom-defined tags to discover installed software um, and then have License Manager track that discovered uh, that discovered software um, on those instances uh, through their lifecycle. So what if you're the buyer in your organization? You can now track entitlements for purchased marketplace items in License Manager as well. Manage entitlements enable buyers to govern, track, and distribute entitlements from a software license. Marketplace will automatically create licenses corresponding to product subscriptions, giving buyers the account level visibility 
into their marketplace, procured licenses, and centralized license tracking. And if you're an ISV, listen up, you can manage entitlements to configure your software to create licenses that correspond to one or many entitlements. These can be represented in a limited or unlimited fashion and can be associated with units like count, gigabyte stored, vCPUs, and so on. You can configure your software to check out and check in licenses as they are activated. So that was License Manager updates. What's next, Shai? Next one up is going to be a handy one for those organizations that have a lot of CloudFormation templates and maybe store some in a repository. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with that practice. In fact, it's actually better than just having them in a share, um, since at least you can version control them. Uh, teams can fork them if they need to. Um, however, I've really seen this practice get un unwieldy, where there's maybe hundreds of, of repositories everywhere. Uh, then teams start to ask which one they're supposed to use. Um, and it just gets to be a big mess. Um, and then how do you actually track where that CloudFormation is being used too? Um, it's just hard. So if you're if you're a service catalog user, um, this one's going to be particular for you. Um, and if you're not familiar with this service, uh, what it is, it lets you have kind of a, a menu uh, that you might present to your organization of what's available. So one of those menu items might be, for example, like a three-tier web app, app skeleton. Uh, maybe it's a database deployment of a particular language uh, or maybe something else. Um, so I'm happy to share that a new feature called App Registry uh, has been added to Service Catalog, um, and this will help with the challenge I mentioned before. With the App Registry, you're going to collect your CloudFormation stacks. You're going to associate uh, your attribute metadata to your CloudBand applications. Uh, you can then automate updates of the stack and metadata changes by calling App Registry from within a CI/CD process. So the IT and the business stakeholders uh, will have updated information on their applications. They'll know the organization ownership, uh, data sensitivity, call center, um, and a bunch of other stuff that you uh, will surface up. Um, and if you're a builder, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to define uh, your application with the app registry by providing the name, the description, uh, associations to attributes group, attribute groups, uh, and CloudFormation stacks that are part of an application. Uh, these associated attribute groups, which are uh, customer-defined JSON files, represent the metadata for that application. Excellent. You know, I kind of had a bit of a chuckle whilst you were talking about this. You know, we are big advocates of infrastructure as code, CloudFormation being a very big part of that. But, you know, you're right. It can get unwieldy here. You know, repos, lots of CloudFormation, uh, JSON or YAML files scattered all over the place. How do you track, you know, where these CloudFormation templates are being used? You are right. It is hard. So, look, this will give customers a central location for collecting all stacks and metadata for an application. And anything that makes IT easier to manage is always welcome these days. Okay, let's get into some updates geared towards the partner community. So if you are an ISV consulting partner or a customer using partner tools, you would want to listen in here now. So I noticed, Shane, you said customer there, um, and some customers might think why they should really care about a partner update. Um, so I'd like to kind of explain this a little more. Um, and so if, you're, if you are a customer, uh, here's kind of my thoughts. Um, these updates aim to make your life easier um, because you are the customer. Um, so if something's easier for a partner to manage or helps the partner deploy that solution quicker, um, ultimately that's going to deliver a better experience for you as the customer, uh, as their end user. Um, and so if you are that customer, Ask your partners about some of these updates um, and how the answer is going to help you gauge how they're actually using AWS. Thanks for elaborating on that, Shai. And you know, you're right, you know, partner updates are really for everyone. So let's get started with some well-architected tool updates. The well-architected tool has been around for a while now in various forms and in recent years available directly within your account as a service. Partners can run these well-architected sessions on behalf of customers and then help remediate the findings should the customer choose to do so. 
The Wall Architecture Review, as we are hopefully all aware, has five pillars. That's operational excellence, security, reliability, performance efficiency, and cost optimization. You know, it's always a great way to leverage Well Architected to, you know, to validate your thoughts around your environment. Now, we continue to add lenses for Well Architected. We've had the serverless lens, and now we've added the foundational tech review, or FTR, for short. The FTR lens is a really for AWS partners to go through a process to validate their workloads for a select set of AWS practices that are fundamental for promoting customer success. So the lens is going to include additional questions on top of the areas of best practice for security, reliability, and operational excellence, representing best practice requirements necessary for membership in the AWS partner network. These best practices help partners take the first step to being well-architected. Yeah, this is really great to give the customers that confidence that their partner has taken those extra steps and measures uh, to ensure a strong foundation. It's really important there. But what if you're a partner with a SaaS solution? So it's not like customers are going to deploy it in their environment, uh, but you still want to have a well-architected review of that SaaS solution to share with your customers. So in addition to that FTR lens that Shane just mentioned, uh, there's now a well-architected SaaS lens. Uh, This lens and its questions are intended to drive that critical thinking uh, for developing and operating SaaS workloads. Uh, You can use the SaaS lens to conduct a self-service review uh, within your account on your existing workloads, or you can work with an AWS uh, SaaS company partner uh, or a well-architected partner uh, for professional hands-on engagement uh, designed to help you review your improve your SaaS workloads. Uh, so that was the well-architected review updates. Uh, how about a new services for a partner? One of the challenges we've seen out there is a lot of people have really awesome ideas for new SaaS solutions, but struggle on where and how to start. So to help tackle this, we've announced a preview of AWS SaaS Boost. This is an open source, ready to use reference environment that enables ISVs to accelerate their move to SaaS. Now a shout out here to Adrian DeLuca and the team here. DeLuca, if you are listening, and I hope you are, drop me a message. So what this solution does is it takes on the heavy lifting of launching SaaS offerings by guiding software builders through the migration and operational process. You'll have ready-to-use core software elements such as deployment automation, analytics dashboards, billing, and metering. Ultimately, this will reduce development and experimentation time and getting software into the hands of customers faster. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, speed's speed's always key. Um, So if customers get their legacy cost uh, cost solutions um, as new SaaS offerings, I think then everybody wins there. Um, You know, 2020 was definitely um, a different year, um, and we all experienced it differently. But one thing I, I think we can all agree on uh, is the hospital at, hospitality industry is transforming and being faced with really an unprecedented disruption. Uh, we've had many requests from customers over time uh, to share the best practices in the industry. Uh, what we're seeing is common denominators um, and what other disruptive technologies uh, can they implement to carve a new market segment. Um, so at, Re- at uh, reInvent this year, we launched a new AWS travel and hospitality competency for AWS partners. Um, these partners provide technology partner. Uh, these partners provide technology products and services to accelerate the industry's modernization uh, and innovation journey. Uh, we have we have, we welcome uh, 27 inaugural AWS partners with deep technical uh, capabilities and proven customer success uh, in supporting the travel and hospitality industry globally. Uh, customers can now discover AWS vetted uh, technology products and services offered by 19 ISV partners and eight consulting partners. All right, so let's uh let's wrap up with these track updates. This is the last one here. Um, so there's actually a new one uh, called Public Safety and Disaster Response, uh, or it's actually a PSDR for short. Um, 
you know, I, I said before, um, and I, I've said it before, you know many times before, 2020 really was uh, an unprecedented year in terms of many things, uh, particularly in, in terms of disasters and public safety events. Uh, really, an unprecedented uh, hurricane season. Uh, most you know storms ever recorded in the Atlantic. In the Atlantic, wildfires you know burning more than four million acres in California and devastated large portions of Australia. Uh, there, there were floods in Vietnam and Cambodia, and all all that against this backdrop of a of a global pandemic. Um, these events of this year have posed many, many challenges uh, for first responders and emergency uh, response agencies that are on the front lines um, in both communities large and small around the whole world. Um, so the launch of this additional track uh, showcases technology partners in this particular space uh, that are, are there to help these kind of customers. Uh, the expansion includes 16 um, solutions that have been, at, have been vetted by DBS to follow architectural best practices um, and proven repeat customer success. Uh, together with the consulting partner track launched at reInvent 2019, the public safety and disaster response competency track now holds 35 partners across uh, every region. Uh, this group of partners are our first choice to help our customers around the world improve their organizational uh, capacity to prepare, respond, and recover for emergency disasters. So let's close this show out. So we've covered a fair bit here today. We've spoken about some customer engagement services, gaming, IoT, industry, marketplace, miscellaneous, and we closed out with some partner updates. On the customer engagement front, we talked quite a bit about Amazon Connect. So Contact Lens now supports real-time contact center analytics to detect customer issues on live calls. Voice ID provides a real-time caller auth with no changes to the natural call flow and fallback to traditional authentication methods. Customer Profiles gives you a unified view of your customers. Connect Tasks makes it easier to prioritize, assign, track, and automate contact center agent tasks. And if you're in or have call centers in Latin America, 10 new price drops for telephony rates and new inbound numbers were announced. Yeah, and for you gamers or game developers out there, the uh, GameLift uh, FlexMatch now works regardless of where the developers host their game. So maybe we'll see more cross-platform multiplayer games, uh, match players across uh, their games versus uh, just as they're doing today. And... In IoT and industrial topics, we covered the new Lookout family of services. So the first one for equipment, for detecting abnormal equipment behavior and encouraging predictive maintenance, you know, help you climb that curve. Lookout for Vision will ingest images from the product line to help automate quality inspection. And finally, Lookout for Metrics, which will apply similar anomaly detection to any of your business data and respective metrics. Now, if your machinery doesn't have sensors, don't worry. You can leverage Monotron, an end-to-end system you can buy to detect abnormal equipment behavior. And finally, table charts have been added to IoT SiteWise. Yep. For marketplace updates, we had um, the, you can now purchase professional services through the uh, for third-party software through the marketplace. Uh, if you're using the private marketplace, you know, have API access to automate and scale out your operations. Um, some general updates uh, that we're going to group together here. Uh, IGMP is now supported in Transit Gateway to easily deploy, manage, and scale your multicast, uh, multicast applications. Uh, Audit Manager helps you prepare for audit, audits, uh, automating the collection of data on your AWS resources. Uh, Glue Elastic Views is in preview for creating materialized views of your data. Uh, and Elasticsearch Service now supports uh, Glue Elastic Views as well. Uh, License Manager enhances automated discovery with tag-based search and detection of software uninstalls and also provide central management for entitlements purchased through that marketplace. Uh, and finally, uh, service catalog app registry uh, can be used to define and describe your applications running in AWS. 
On the partner front, foundational technical review lens is now available in the well-architected tool along with the SaaS lens. SaaS Boost will help partners accelerate their solutions into a SaaS offering. And we introduced a new AWS travel and hospitality competency. And finally, AWS public safety and disaster response technology partners are the go-to partners to help customers around the world improve organizational capacity to prepare, respond, and recover from emergencies and disasters. So stay tuned as we will continue this four-part series and cover the remaining AI ML announcements and that happened at reInvent. Now remember, listeners, feedback is welcome. AWS Tech Chat at Amazon.com. But until next time, bye for now. Signing off, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, and tune in again to learn about AWS Cloud. Please subscribe to AWS Tech Chat by visiting awstechchat.com.